You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. back for the episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please 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 subscribe follow like share whatever you can do to support this podcast it is truly appreciated plus also as well anything that lakerholics.com nba draft junkies pop culture cosmos puts out there as well it is truly appreciated. Well, my, oh my, what do we have here? We have a game seven. The Clippers, who once looked like they were heading to the next round a lot faster than the Los Angeles Lakers, suddenly find themselves in a game seven coming up on Tuesday against the Denver Nuggets after a 111-98 to loss to the Nuggets and a great victory for the Nuggets coming back from down as far as 19 points from what i remember it looked like it was something that the clippers were gonna run away and hide again but no in the third quarter the clippers got cold and then the nuggets came storming back on the back of nikola Jokic's 34 points 14 rebounds and seven assists just a truly sensational performance outside shooting i don't know how this man does it but really just with the set shot where he's high up in the air and extends it really at the last possible moment without jumping is just truly sensational at the accuracy that he has. But here today to talk about that, including the, the great team effort of the Denver Nuggets, how they came back late in the third quarter to go ahead and overtake eventually in the fourth quarter for good, the Los Angeles Clippers, is my good friend indeed. He is the mastermind of Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today with all of his articles on Medium that get transferred over lakerholics.com and be part of the conversation because ever since the lakers moved on to the western conference finals there has been a lot of conversation and it's even more so right now because twitter's ablaze because the clippers lost and so is lakerholics.com it is laker tom and laker tom good to have you on the show my friend i want to thank you so much for joining me it's a little bit earlier start time than what we normally do but it was all worth it if you're a nuggets fan or a, or a Clippers hater, either way. <laughs> or, or either way, yeah, absolutely. But again, this shows that I think it is now coming to the point where it's more psychological for the Clippers because once things started to not fall for the Clippers in that third quarter and they, I think, bricked like 10 shots in a row, it got to the point where you could see it started to get their heads. Now, mind you, they still had a two-point lead going to the fourth quarter, but Really, from early on in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets captured the lead, it seemed like that the Clippers, 
it just got into their heads. They started looking at each other, the, their mannerisms, the way they were speaking to each other. It just seemed like it's in their heads that, you know what? It, it just, maybe can, we just cannot get it done. You know, it's kind of funny. I think that the, uh, when they were down 1-3, uh, the Nuggets, they basically had the Clippers exactly where they wanted them. <laughs> you know, it's it's surprising. And, and I look at the whole situation and, and I compare it to the Lakers, obviously. And the big difference, I think, between the two teams all comes down to camaraderie. One is a team and one is not a team. Um, I, I said before they, before we started that I still want to play the Clippers, um, partly selfishly because I've already written my article on why Marquise Moore should start against the Clippers, and I and it, I'd have to switch it around to a completely different reason uh, if the if the Clippers don't come through in Game Seven, and I I have serious doubts as to whether they will right now. I think it's a fifty fifty situation. They're not going to be playing at Staples Center with the Clippers having a home team crowd because they're in the bubble. Um, but getting back to the whole issue of camaraderie and team, I think it starts at the very top from the general manager putting together the roster, from the coaching staff basically demanding that everybody buys into the way we play, um, to the superstars leading the way by their play. Um, and when you look at those three criteria and you compare them to the Lakers, you can easily see that everybody is on the same page. Rob Palinka really did a great job of putting together the team, and every move he made was in concert with Frank Vogel and his coaching staff and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. You yeah. don't buy in on defense then you sit like Waiters does, and you sit like J.R. Smith does. Um, on the other hand, you look at the Clippers. I, I just posted an article that was written by on ESPN on Lakerholics.com that was basically saying that the Clippers had this meeting on August 26th and when everything was bad and they, they couldn't seem to get on the same page. And I thought the solution, that the way that the author described the solution was perfect. He said that they, the Clippers microwaved their team chemistry to get everything back together to work well. Well, let me tell you, some things you just can't microwave. And team chemistry is one of them. When you got guys like Lou Williams that doesn't play any offense, doesn't play any defense. Montrez Harrell, who doesn't play any defense. Um, a coach who's screaming at guys on the court for not playing defense. Um, and you all look at that whole situation. This is a team that everybody kept saying was so deep, was so talented. And they may be deep and talented, but they're not really a team. They're nowhere, the, the Nuggets are nowhere near as talented or capable individually as the Clippers. Yeah. But they're a hell of a lot better team, and they showed it in the last three games. Um, yeah, it helps to be a little loose because you're down one to three and you got nothing to lose. You're the underdog. Uh, let's go at it. Um, but these guys now have won six games, six straight elimination games here. And that's that's quite an accomplishment. And so uh, the Clippers, the only thing I can say about them is they're overrated. I'm enjoying every desperate moment of them. Uh, watching Beverly foul out with more fouls than points. 
Um, you know, the, the Nuggets had six guys in double figures. The Clippers had three. Four, rather. It, it just shows you that the camaraderie, like you were talking about, of the Nuggets at this point in time, and the way that they've been able to come back, not once, but twice, from a three games to one lead. I want to give a big shout-out to Content Creators 805. Once again, he's joining us, so I truly appreciate you watching. Uh, he said he had the feeling that Nuggets could win this game today because of the circumstances that we were talking about. It's getting into the heads, the Clippers, and at the early start time of 1 p.m. Eastern, I agree with you. It kind of set everything off into place uh, from what the Clippers and Nuggets were playing at and which one could adapt better. Although, early on, yes, the Nuggets get, did get a, a early lead, but then the Clippers, by by halftime, had a nice cushion, and it seemed to adapt well to it. Just in that third quarter, CC805, and also Laker time, we saw just basically what, what I think a lot of Clippers fans were very much fearing and that was, once again, a collapse by the Clippers. And once again, it just proves that it's in there. It's, I think it's really psychological at this point. Once those shots just don't fall for just a couple times, then it perpetuates into something bigger and something bigger and something bigger. And it gets to the point where, you know what, it becomes larger than life. And that becomes your two things you have to overcome. Not only the Denver Nuggets, but your own selves at the same time. Well, it gets really bad because what happens is in this league, both on offense and defense, being on the same page and everybody trusting each other is so critical. Yeah. You know, you've got to trust that if you turn down that shot and pass it off to the next guy, you make that hockey pass or you make that rotation that somebody's going to cover your back. And, and the Lakers do that beautifully. That's been the, the story behind their success on offense and defense in these playoffs. The Clippers are doing exactly the opposite. You see, after almost every play, guys are looking at each guy. You missed that bunny, or you didn't cover me on the back, or or nobody made the right rotation. And you even see the coach looking there. I mean, he was just, you know, after 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 Joker nailed two threes on and on Harrell, he was ready. You know, he immediately had Zubak back up on the on, on the stand, ready to get back into the game. Um, and you could see that that he was disgusted with it. And then you listen even to the, to the conversation in the huddle as, as uh, doc with a, his hoarse voice from yelling all game is trying to tell the guys, you know, you gotta, you gotta play with emergency and so forth. And you look at the faces of the guys sitting in the chairs there for the Clippers. And they're, they all look like, look like they're down three to one themselves. You know, they just really had no energy, no, no real bounce to it and so forth. Um, It'll be a testament uh, whether or not their talent can overcome the team camaraderie that's really pulled the Nuggets together. Because every time the Clippers have a guy go inside, there are three Nuggets contesting that ball. They're running and chasing the way that you saw the Lakers do against the Rockets. And the Clippers are looking very much like the Rockets looked in yesterday's game. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. If the Nuggets are fortunate enough to get past the Clippers in Game 7, the Lakers better not go up on them three games to one. That's the, <laughs> we might just be calling the series over for the Nuggets, you know, as for the Lakers at that yeah, point. Yeah, the, the Nuggets would have us right where they want us. Exactly. But CC805, game seven is going to be good. It is coming up on Tuesday night. So before we head on out and before we talk Mike D'Antoni, just real quick, wanted to get your thoughts on game seven. You said it's going to be 50-50 at this point. I'm still leaning Clippers because I think in the end the talent's going to run through. 
And I think there's just going to be so much to overcome when it comes to Denver because they've now had to do it twice from three games to one, and that is so hard to do. But I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. On I, I am rooting for the Nuggets. I'm going to be honest with you. They're an yeah. easier matchup for the Lakers, but also their Cinderella story on two occasions now. I, I think it's a good story. I think it's a warming of the heart story. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to see the you know the uh, the underdog win in this situation, but also the fact that they match up better for the Lakers. I know you want the Clippers because of just the smack talk and all that, but realistically, you said it's 50-50. If you have to lean one way or the other, who would it be? Well, I'd have to lean to the Clippers for the simple reason, the same reason that I, I leaned for the, uh, the Celtics over the Raptors. Um, you can only pull off so many miracles, you know. There's, you're, you reach a limit where it just doesn't happen, you know. I mean, there's a, there's a law of averages to these things, and, and karma balances out. Um, I'd like to see I'd like to see that karma fade for the for the Nuggets and the, you know it's it's hard I rooted I had the Celtics and I was I wanted to play the Celtics in the finals I want to play the Clippers in the semi in the conference finals because I believe greatness be, comes from having great opponents and also there's nothing that's more pleasurable for a Lakers fan than beating the Clippers and beating the the Celtics that would be that would just cap off what it would be the most great bubble playoffs in history. Um, and there's also the simple fact that I've got my article already written and I don't want to have to rewrite the dang thing. Um, so it's, it's tricky. Now, I guess we're, I guess our, 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 the conference finals for the Western conference will start on Friday. That is correct. If, yeah. Uh, okay. If it was going to start Wednesday if it had ended today. So but we have a good chance of, if, if the Nuggets win, they have a good chance of winning the first game because we'll come in flat once flat. again. Yeah. So if, if tradition holds uh, true as far as the first two rounds are concerned. But yeah. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Want to go ahead and, and overestimating and overestimating and being overconfident as they would be if they were playing the Nuggets instead of the Clippers. So. There's a lot of reasons for the, for the Celtics to, for the, uh, for the, uh, not the Celtics, but, but for the, uh, for the Clippers to come through and win. But I just won't, I just can't bring myself to root for during the game. It's impossible. Even, even with the article sitting out there and even, you know, even, even my prediction that, that they're going to win, it's just impossible for me to root for them. Content creators 805 uh, sent in that Clippers used to be his second favorite team 
used to follow as a kid. And I remember going to the Los Angeles sports arena to, you know, as far as checking out their, their drafts and we would laugh as far as the, the next great hope for them, like Danny Manning and things of that nature. We went there and they were trying to give away everything. I remember those days uh, myself, as far as the hope that they have, and we would go in our Lakers jerseys and, and taunt them even more at that point in time. But DC 805, it, you're right. It, it, Clippers-Lakers is a more exciting matchup. And I've, I know what the, which way the NBA wants to lean. And the NBA wants to lean to this oh, for sure. so many reasons. But, uh, you know, as far as what you were saying, that the team itself, the franchise, has a dark cloud over it, a lot of it's bad luck. You're right. But a lot of it's been bad organization. Now yep. they have an organization in place. And all kidding aside, the Clippers organization from a – hierarchy owner on down is top notch anybody who says otherwise is kidding only themselves because they've got a nice arena that they're going to put move into here in a couple of years they've also got themselves great owner great executives and they built themselves a very very good team let's put it out there but if is it a situation where maybe the mindset comes in maybe the 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 sins of the past, maybe the the you know the all everything as far as the luck is concerned and all that Clippers bad karma whatever comes into play. You can say that all you want, but in the end, it comes down to can these guys execute in Game Seven? And you got to go right now with with uh, you know Kawhi, who's been sensational throughout the series. Paul George has been in and out. But he's done well for the most part in the past couple of games. Just got to go ahead and say you got to put your money on the Clippers just because of the talent that they have eventually shining through. But we'll wait and see. Uh, this is a big game PG legacy. I mean, for, for Paul George's legacy, you're absolutely right, content creators 805. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is the time where he needs to go ahead and step up and reach his own legacy because Kawhi's already earned his. No matter what he does here in Game 7, he's already got his championship. He's already done the job. So we already know what he, he's done. This is up to Paul George and the rest of the Clippers to go ahead and pull through. But again, it comes down to... Well, you're right. He's either going to choke or have a big game, CCA to a 5. And we'll wait and see. And we will talk about that coming up on Tuesday. I'm going to go ahead and give everybody a day off from the Lakers fast break on Monday. Because there's really nothing to report unless the major news happens. Because before we head on out, my friend, and CC805, I want to thank you so much and everybody out there on Facebook Live for watching as well. Before we head on out, Mike D'Antoni, who said in his press conferences after the game uh, yesterday, I'm not sure which way I'm going to lean, you know, like may come back and la, 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 la. Well, I heard not only were there, there were some screaming matches in the Rockets locker room after game five yesterday, but... Now, Mike D'Antoni says he is not coming back. And now he's a prime candidate to get the Philadelphia 76ers job, among other. Uh, go Raiders, CC05. Well, I'm here in Vegas. Go Raiders, indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, uh, he, Laker Tom, by the way, is a Niners fan. So he may, that may not be the best thing to say to him. But before <laughs> we head on out, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on Mike D'Antoni suddenly saying, you know what? I want no more of Houston. Well, you know, they had a chance to sign Mike D'Antoni. He was willing early in the year to take an extension. And it's going to be interesting in the aftermath of, of his decision to leave uh, what we hear about the Chris Paul trade. 
and whether he was in favor of that trade or not. Um, you know, I, I loved uh, I loved Mike's answer when they asked him about the demise of small ball because of the Lakers beating the uh, beating the Rockets, and and his answer was, "Well, small ball won," and he's right. The Lakers small ball won, and 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 one of the interesting aspects of this whole situation is it's very possible, in my opinion, that the Lakers will play small ball or their version of it with five guys bigger than six seven. Um, they may play that all the way through the series, all the way through the playoffs. Um, so small ball is not going away. I do think that D'Antoni and, and Maury carried it to a ridiculous extreme. Um, well, I agree with Raphael's position about how LeBron basically intimidated them from attacking the basket. There was also a feeling that if you were a Houston Rocket and you drove into the middle, that you were driving into the middle to open up a three-point shot for somebody on the exterior. And so these guys were always driving, looking to dish out to somebody who could shoot a three. And, uh, you know, so I, I think Mike is going to have his choice of jobs. I think he's a quality coach. I think the teams, you know, whether you play tall ball or small ball, the Lakers just had better players, uh, better superstars. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are better than Russell Westbrook and James Harden, are better than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, so are better than Nikola Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray. Um, and that's really where everything hangs as long as uh, – and I also think Frank Vogel's done a better coaching job than anybody else in the playoffs. Um, he'll never get the credit because he's got LeBron James on his team, but he's made adjustments. He's made defensive adjustments that were strategically just elite – and he's also, even though it's not his strength, made some great offensive adjustments in going to five outs the last two games. So I wish Mike D'Antoni nothing but the best. I respect him as a great coach. Um, and I think that he's going to learn from what happened to him with the Lakers. Where he's going to go, he's going to be looking for players who can play his style, who are bigger. Um, Indiana is an interesting situation because they got – They've got a, a guy in Turner that uh, – is it Miles Turner? For Indiana? Yeah. Yeah. Miles their center, and he, he, he's a stretch five, so you got a stretch five, so you got some size, some shot blocking that you add to a formula there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Oladipo. They've got, a, they've got a chip that they can use to trade to get some things. Um, him going to – Philadelphia would be an interesting situation because what do you do there? Um, one of the things that I'd suggested in yesterday's podcast was that I thought one of the solutions for the Rockets was to get a to get somebody who could be more effective and play defense who was bigger than Harden but still played sort of the same game, which wasn't a three-point shooter, and Ben Simmons was the guy that was I had in mind. Uh, matching D'Antoni up with Ben Simmons gives him that sort of attack dog that that's going to be hard to keep out. You put him in a spread offense there. Um, and you've got a center that can shoot threes in Embiid. So it'll be interesting to see where Mike ends up, but uh, it's going to change everything. I mean, I, I'm hearing rumors now that the Rockets are going after Ty Lue. Ty Lue's not going to be playing small ball. Oh, well, that's true. That's true indeed. So what, you know, and, and I, I also think one of the things about Ty Lue is that 
he's a very smart guy. He's turned down a lot of jobs that were coach killer type jobs, you know, teams that really didn't have the talent to go anywhere or the assets to do anything about it. Um, and so I don't expect him to be interested in the Rockets job, but it'd be interesting to see as we go forward. The, uh, the NBA definitely is an all year around uh, sport when it comes to news and things to talk about. Um, just like you said, there's no game on Monday, but who knows? <laughs> there may be a Lakers fast break podcast if something happens. That's true. But for the most part, I think we're going to be off tomorrow. Uh, but if this, something does arise, I will come on with an emergency podcast here on Monday. But you can definitely count on us on Tuesday, Wednesday, as far as for the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals, Thursday for a Lakers and whoever preview in the Western Conference final. We'll go ahead and do a preview there. And CC805, I'd love you on for that one on Thursday. And then on Friday, of course, we'll take care of game one of the Western Conference Finals. So if you want to go ahead and make sure to note that we will be on every day this week outside of Monday in case there is something coming up on Monday. But before we on and out, CC805, he dropped a question for us. One last thing. Does the NBA need to change their MVP format to include the playoffs in the finals? You know, that's that's a big question. Um, they do have an MVP for the finals, but they don't have an MVP for the playoffs. Um, and I guess it's sort of an assumption that the MVP for the finals is the guy who is the MVP for the playoffs. Um I'm I'm more I have a bigger issue. I, I I think that they probably shouldn't change it because the regular season is a season in and of its own. Um and the NBA fi- and the NBA playoffs are really a second season. So I would keep those distinctions. I would like to see them change the title of it to be the not the most valuable player because that creates a lot of differences of opinions of really what is the most valuable player. For example, when you look at the impact at both ends of the court, on the court, in, in, in the organization, and so forth, there's nobody who was more valuable this year than LeBron James. He transformed the Lakers into a championship team. Um, so I would like to see player of the year and player of the playoffs or something like that be the substitution for the MVP title. Just Something re- reorganizing it to differentiating yeah. it. Yeah, I agree with you on that because the MVP – I mean, MVP would be like an encompassing of the whole entire season, but you really can't do that because there's best players at different points of the season where there's the full And there's season. best players. There's players on who are more valuable on losing teams, maybe, than the best player on the winning team. Yeah. So, so who is the best player of the year? So something has to be done to be changed, I think, to make right. it. The other, I, thing, the other thing, and it was interesting, uh, Stan Van Gundy brought this up during one of the broadcasts the other day, which is, they need to change the rules so of what happens inside versus outside and what they allow as far as contact in the paint versus contact from when it's a guard going in there. I think that's one of the reasons LeBron never gets the calls is they treat him like a big man all the time rather than a guard. So when he drives, <clears throat> anything is available to, to stop him. You can bang him and bump him all the way down to the basket. Uh, Harden drives and he gets a little tiny bump, which is usually caused by him banging into the the defender, and he gets a foul call. Uh, and then the other thing is the grabbing somebody to stop a fast break, you know, 
an intentional foul that has nothing to do with the play, but is just merely designed to stop action and, and take a foul. I think that needs to be changed so that 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 becomes, you know, free throws and possession. There you go. Little changes right there for you from the future NBA commissioner, Laker Tom. You can go ahead and shout him out as far as whatever it is you want to talk about when it concerns the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA at Laker Tom on Twitter. We're at Lakers Fast Break. CC805, again, we're going to do a Lakers preview on Thursday, so if you want to be part of it, you're more than welcome to join up. We'll be on this week, every day, except for Monday, unless something breaks on Monday that we just have to talk about, because you know then that's the case. We'll be up here, no question about it, but... I'll have Rafael Barlow this week as well to talk about Game 7 of this playoff series between the Clippers and the Nuggets, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, and later on this week, Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers playing, who knows, Nuggets or the Clippers. We'll have to wait and see, but Game 7 is going to be happening. Gotta love Game 7, man. Gotta love it indeed, my friend. Well, it's Laker Tom. Once again, be part of the conversation today at his awesome site, Lakerholics.com. Well, Laker Tom, it's been great talking to you. Looking forward to Game 7 between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Content Creators 805, again, we truly appreciate your interaction with us each and every time out. We want to thank everybody for watching us on YouTube. Everybody, thank you for so much for watching us on Facebook Live. And, of course, we truly appreciate everyone listening again to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.